0: Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Brooke Soltwet, and I'd like to introduce Grant Foster, running for Alder from District 15. As we begin, please tell our viewers a little bit about how your educational, vocational, and civic experience has prepared you for the position, and why you decided to run for Alder.
1: Great. Thanks, Brooke. Uh, yeah, you know, one of the, the, the questions that I keep getting over and over and that keeps stumping me is, why are you running for office? And there's just so many reasons that I sometimes I get tripped up a little bit. Uh, as I have continued to think about it over the campaign, what really stands out for me is uh, my commitment to service, to community service. So it's something that um, I saw modeled by my parents growing up and remember every week going out and helping uh, on a number of different things as they would go and help people in their community, in their church community and it's something that I've really carried with me as well throughout my life um so uh, really since I've been in Madison uh, coming here in the mid 90s to go to college uh, I've I've really looked for opportunities to um, help work uh, for and with my community and make it a stronger place. So um, I spent a lot of energy working in the field of education. I was on the board of Nuestro Mundo. I was the president of my uh, kids' parent-teacher group. Uh, and in the last three years, I really sort of shifted focus and started working more with the city. I was appointed to the Ped Bike Motor Vehicle Commission and the Long Range Transportation Planning Committee, Uh, And those really gave me a great uh, experience and insight into how the city works. And uh, I'm really excited to take it to the next level and and do more work on the council.
0: Thank you. Madison's efforts to address chronic homelessness have appeared to fall short, especially with regard to providing sufficient support systems for a housing-first approach. What ideas do you have that might create greater success for projects such as the one on Tree Lane?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I I think first of all, I would say that we really need to um, tackle this from a lot of different perspectives. So solely focusing on sort of the large um, kind of housing first projects uh, will only get us so far, even if even if they are successful. Uh, So I think we really need to take a hard look at uh, at our zoning and what we can do to incentivize uh, smaller scale development to increase our overall uh, housing stock. But uh, as it relates to the Housing First uh, model, uh, you know, in District 15 has Rescue Terrace, which is another example of this. And I've had an opportunity to be up there a couple of times. Uh, I think by most accounts, uh, things, there were some issues there uh, over the last year, but I think things have really stabilized. Uh, Part of the success of that, I think, really comes down to the the people that are there, the people that are are working in support uh, of the residents. And I think with Tree Lane, it was clear that we didn 't have that level of support from the beginning, um, thinking about my experience at, at Dean SSM as the Director of Health, uh, Health Information, I was responsible for a lot of a lot of larger projects and one thing that I always uh, made sure that, that we did was to invest uh, more resources than we thought would be needed in the beginning because as you're creating something there's always things that are going to go wrong, things that you didn't anticipate and I think uh, if, if we look to do more of these in the future, we really need to invest very, very heavily, especially in the beginning, and then as things get established, we can probably pull some of that support back. Okay,
0: thank you. The Madison Police Department has been faulted for not having appropriate policies and training around de-escalation and use of force, especially with regard to people of color. What's your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison Police operate in our community?
1: Yeah, this is, uh, you know, so so along with uh, being on the Ped Bike Motor Vehicle uh, Commission, I've really paid uh, very close attention to to all the topics that have been in front of the city, in front of the Common Council over the last several years. Uh, and this issue, I think, is has seemed to be the most charged. Um, it's been really difficult to watch, even some of the discussions um, and, and things that happen outside the council chambers as well. I think the community um, has a lot of strong feelings around this, and um, it started to feel very, very polarized. Uh, over the last couple months, I've been knocking on doors, meeting with all kinds of folks in District 15, and it's a, it's an issue that a lot of people bring up as well. And I hear people, uh, that might fall into sort of the category of, uh, we support the police, and, you know, we really don't want challenges to, to come to what the police are doing and let them do their job. And I've heard from people saying, we're really concerned about the, the current nature of policing, and we need to, we need to change. Uh, And and what I hear in both of those populations are people talking about wanting to feel safe. And so the people that are looking to support the police um, acknowledge the role the police play in our community and in safety and really wanna make sure that that doesn't go down. And the people uh, that, that have the other perspective are saying, the actual amount of policing and the nature of policing is, is having us not feel safe. So uh, the way that I would really approach this is focusing on that, that common ground, which is everybody in this community wants to and deserves to feel safe.
0: There's a perception that Madison's story is a tale of two cities, one in which people of color are less likely to experience success. What can be done to ensure that Madison is a community in which all people can thrive? Yeah.
1: Uh, And, and, you know, again, I'm really grateful that there's been a lot of attention to this issue, especially over the last few years. Um, What I'm hoping is that we we really move to the next next phase, which is starting to dig in and address the issues. I I feel like it's pretty well accepted that we have this gap, uh, and I think there's really broad public support to, to move the bar. Um, I think we can get stuck a little bit when we just talk about it as a racial disparity and gap and we sort of say, well, we need to do something about it. Uh, and so specifically, I think most of the other major issues that have come up in the campaign, in the, in the debates for mayor, et cetera, things like housing, transportation, family-supporting jobs, these are really, uh, when, when you actually talk to families that are struggling, these are the specific issues that they're struggling with. Uh, so uh, for, for me, I, you know, these are all important areas, but the one that I have the most background in is on the transportation front. And so uh, I'd really like to look at it, uh, expanding accessibility of our public transit system. I think that's really critical for everyone in the city, uh, but has a, a really huge opportunity to improve mobility uh, for those that are struggling right now.
0: Thank you. What issue have you identified as being of primary concern to the residents of your district, and how would you approach tackling it?
1: Yeah. I mean, transportation has come up quite a bit, actually. You know, thinking back to, to Rescue Terrace and a lot of the residents there really um, cite that as struggling with not having bus service late at night or on the weekends <clears throat> to get back home. A lot of them depend on bikes to get around, actually, uh, and so imp- some improvements that are needed in their uh, in the bike network there. Uh, But really probably the thing that stands out the most in District 15 is around this question of development. And this is something that the the broader city is also facing. Um, You know, I'm very supportive of infill development. I think there's no question that as a city uh, we we need to accommodate the growth that's going to happen in the city uh, in a a denser footprint. And um, there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think most residents also understand that. Um, but what I've heard from them is also wanting to make sure that we respect the positive qualities of our existing neighborhoods, right? And that as as we bring in new neighbors, um, we existing neighbors don't wanna see an increase in crime and they're really worried about the impact, especially on traffic, uh, congestion and, and on street parking. Um, so again, it, it connects back to that that question of if we're gonna continue to add this many people, we need to also develop our transportation system to be able to accommodate that density.
0: The relationship between the council and the mayor appears at times contentious. Is this a problem? And if so, how would you improve the relationship?
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, I I think it absolutely has been a problem. I mean, again, I'm one of those uh, uh, geeks that sit at home and watches the meetings uh, at at home. And, um, you know, you get to learn all the characters, at least as they're presenting at the meetings. And it's been really uh, disappointing at, at times, um, and I think just really distracting from doing the hard work. I mean, policy work, any, any work in a large organization is just really, really difficult. And it takes a lot of focus and collaboration. And so um, I, I'm really uh, looking forward to having uh, some new members on the council, uh, possibly a new mayor. And I think there's a really good opportunity to uh, to change the the feel of how that's been working.
0: What changes, if any, should be made in how the city approaches major projects such as Judge Doyle Square and the public market.
1: Yeah, um, I, I think, um, so this is my, my predecessor in District 15, Dave Aaron. These are, these are two big projects or projects that are real, have been important to him, and I think he's really talked a lot about um, making sure that we're careful with our public dollars. Um, I might be a little bit more enthusiastic about the future of the food economy in Madison, and I, I do think there's some real opportunities there to, um, to really tap into to the assets that we have as a, as a region. Uh, with the food economy, and I'm encouraged by um, the the plans transitioning back to reuse of the fleet building. I think it'll really bring the scale of the project to be a little bit more manageable and and takes out some of the complexity with uh, working with a private developer uh, that we have been working on. In terms of Judge Square and other large development projects, uh, I I think it's really time that we reconsider our approach to to TIF and the public um, investments in these projects. Uh, I know that there's been a uh, desire to make sure that we, that we have investments coming in, private investments into the community, and that we want to make sure that developers, um, you know, don't turn their back on Madison. But I think given the, the growth projections, the amount of uh, desire that there is for people to move here, um, I, I don't think we should be putting public money in where uh, these developments will already happen. And instead, I think we need to really think about how can we leverage those public, public dollars towards uh, increasing our affordable housing stock, for example.
0: Thank you. What council committees do you want to serve on and why?
1: Uh, I love them all, <laughs> honestly. Uh, but, I, again, just given my background in uh, transportation, I'd, I'd, like to, um, I'd like to continue to work with the revamped, the Transportation Commission and Transportation Policy and Planning Board. Uh, and then really given the, the, the close link between transportation and land use, uh, I think plan Commission is another one that makes a lot of sense.
0: What would you like to say to the okay. viewing audience as we complete the interview?
1: Thank you. Well, I, first, uh, Brooke, thank you very much for the interview and League Women Voters and City Channel. Uh, you know, this is really critical to democracy and um, I know I, I really appreciate this information when I'm going into the voting booth. Um, in thinking about that, I, I you know, what, what do I think about when I'm getting ready to, to make a decision and to vote for a candidate? A couple things come to mind. Uh, one is around values and principles, right? Does, does the candidate I'm voting for share my values? Uh, at the end of the day, when they're casting their vote on uh, an important topic, do I have confidence that they would vote in a way that's similar to how I would? Um, the other thing that, that I really think about is uh, what is the the background and experience of the candidate and will they be effective, right? Are they, are they going to be able to navigate what's a really complicated uh, bureaucratic system, be able to work with city staff, with colleagues on the council, with the mayor, Um, and really uh, continue to be engaged and represent the the residents in their district. And I think that's a really tall task uh, and uh, one that really requires um, a a unique unique skill set. And and lastly, I think uh, it's about uh, time and, and commitment, right? Even even the person with the right values and, uh, and even the right skills, uh, I think this is, a, this is a really big job. Uh, and if you talk to anyone that's, that's done it, they'll tell you the same. Uh, so I think we need to make sure you've got somebody that's ready to put that time and energy into it. And you know, in, in all of those spaces, I feel like I'm a, a really strong candidate. And uh, I'm just really, really excited to represent District 15 and, and the City of Madison.
0: Well, I want to thank Grant Foster for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. Please vote in this and every election. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. (laughs)